Hey guys, it's Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, listen, if you know me, you know that 316 Creative Works exists to partner with artists, businesses, and churches. Uh, one of my good friends is a business guy. It's the Maynard family, and they run a business, and now they're in partnership with us. So that's Precision Door Service. Listen, in case of emergency, I always call Precision Door Service. They are experts in repairing, replacing all your garage doors and overhead doors. They can be reached. They got two numbers. The Indiana side is area code 219-306-8155. Again, 219-306-8155. Now, on the Illinois side, uh, Precision Door Service can be uh, contacted at area code 708-474-6657. And number again is 708-474-6657. You can always get them at precisiongarage-door.com. That's precisiongarage-door.com. Of course, we'll probably have Justin throw a contact card up there for you so you guys can see it if you're watching this. Again, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works introducing you to another member of the family, the business of precision door service. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks. Hey everyone, thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. I am Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Today we are talking with Carl Boonder, number three. Um, all right, let's thank our favorite people in the world, right? Larry and Sandy, uh, technical producer Justin, creative producer who is Esther, and our house manager, Danielle. Hey guys, uh, just, just so you know, uh, again, truth and lending, I don't know if, if we can wrap this up in three. So we may have to go for four talking with Carl Boonder. Justin, you think you got time to sit around for doing two more? So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Just extraordinary stories take an extraordinary long time. And also, no offense to you, but the older you are, the more extraordinary stories you have, right? Yeah. So, uh, so we left things last time with um, you, sold, you sold the hotel. Yes. You made some money. You yes. put it in your back pocket. You, you kept working. Uh, you, you bought a house in Lansing. You have a third child now. Is it, yes. Is it Christine? Christina. Yeah. Uh, and you just start to work for the Zichterman family. Well, I never went to work for them. Okay. But, but, but they kind of apprenticed you, right? You, no. you well, interned there. We, we were friends. We were friends to begin with. Okay. Uh, and he said, are you interested in maybe opening up a... He knew, he knew I sold the store and I had money. Yeah. And he said, are you interested in opening up a store? I said, well, I don't I know nothing about your business. So that's why I started spending time at his store. And I liked it. Yeah. And I, to, I, to me, I became a natural. I mean, I was very comfortable. Would you say, now, now, now here, here, here's what's interesting, because uh, th this is when I come onto the scene as a young mm -hmm. boy. I know you from church. I know who you are. I know your daughters and... Uh, so I know the kind of just as a child, I know this portion of your story. But 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 as an adult, as a businessman myself in, in sales, you then turned around and mentored me 
into the art of sales and running a business. We can get into that in a minute, but is this when you say uh, God developed in you a destiny? You know, it's interesting. I just lived life. Uh, you didn't think of You didn't overthink it. I didn't overthink it. I mean, I had an opportunity with Roger. Uh, we became very good friends. We as couples became very good friends. Uh, Roger showed me a different way to live. Yeah. My mom and dad and Annette and I, we did not know what it was to go out and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, he's, he's, so he kind of taught you success. He taught me uh, what it was how like to, to use it yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get it. I get, I get it. Yeah, very similar for, for, for me. So you open a store in Chicago Heights on Route 30. Ashland. And Ashland. And it took off? Instantly. We had instant success. Was it early 80s you did this? I would have to do the math. I can't. I, can't, I could not right. tell you. I mean, put me in there somewhere late 70s, yeah, early 80s, yes, right? Yes, yes. Instant success. Now, this this was also a time in in decorating when wallpaper was hot, right? And so you got into wallpaper and blinds and paint. All that came later. Uh, and the store just took off. That the day we opened, we had about twenty five people standing outside the door waiting to get in. What was the secret? What was the sauce? Wallpaper was very hot at that yeah. time, and there was no such thing as a wallpaper store. Right. Where would you go to get wallpaper before that? You go to a hardware store. You went to Walmart. Maybe they had six books on the shelf or something like that. Okay. Kmart, uh, not Walmart. Or right. Kmart. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and then so you became the first specialty store oh, just yeah. for decorating. We had a couple. We had 100 books on the shelf instead of six or seven. And experts who knew how to install it, use it. And, and, and we stocked wallpaper. Yeah. We probably had 500 patterns in stock. So it was cheaper. It was more experience. Uh, I don't want to jump to the end, but but how long did you own it? Close to... Uh, boy, nobody's asked me that in a long time. Uh, I put my kids to Christian school out of there. Uh, I so would say 15, 20 15, years. 15, 20 years. Yeah. What I think the most remarkable thing about this story is not the store. Uh, not even the past that led you to the store. All of your failures up until this point, your successes, of course, the, 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 the amazing life conversion from being a, a, a Christian boy who wasn't a Christian to becoming a man who became a Christian. I mean, that's, that's bizarre, man. It's beautiful, but it's bizarre. It's, it's, it's uncommon. But what happens next is, is, is the most intriguing thing to me, and that is destiny. Yes. So you're, you're a young, still fairly young. You're probably a little bit younger than me in your mid-30s, young 40s, yeah. and, you, and you're, you're, a, you're a husband, uh, you're a father, you're a, you're a Christian, and you're going to the church I grew up in, and something weird happens in your store. You decide that you, you, you don't know how to run a business as a Christian. So you decide to turn it over as a Christian business. And you get involved, although you're a Christian running the business, you decide it wasn't enough. You get involved in a, in a ministry out of Nashville, Tennessee. Out of Nashville, Tennessee. My brother-in-law, Harry Decker, had Decker Electric in Lansing. Oh, yeah. 
he came to me one day and he says, hey, there's a meeting in South Holland of all businessmen about something about Christian businessmen, which was, I mean, it just wasn't even a word at that point no. or a phrase. Right. So we, him and I went to that. And uh, we got introduced to CBMC out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. CBMC, is that the Christian Businessmen's Committee? Christian Businessmen's Committee, okay. It's still going today. Yeah, and this was, guys got to be mid 80s, right? Oh, yeah, it was. So on the way home, he said, What do you think? Uh, you think we could get one going in my store? Uh, 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 yeah. So I helped him, him and I got this group going together. And we're meeting in the upstairs at Decker Electric. Yep. And we soon had 25 guys there. Yeah, yeah, pretty quick. Yep. And it's just a Bible study. Basically, but CBMC was more than a Bible study. CBMC, even to this day, still holds luncheons for businessmen. Uh-huh. And Month, that, monthly. Well, monthly or bi-monthly. It depends on the group and where they're at. And at that, at that luncheon, we have another businessman who tells his conversion story. Yes. So we would have a speaker get up and talk about his life and how he came to the Lord. And then at the end, he would say, now I'm going to give you an opportunity to do the same thing that I did. And that's to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Yeah. So what's crazy about this is, so so we're talking mid-80s. You've got 25 guys in a small room in a, above a warehouse um, on the corner of Torrance and Ridge Road. Right. And you're all Christian businessmen Yep. who just decided to turn your businesses into a Christian organization. Well, I don't You know what? I, when the guys came there, it was it was a fellowship thing. Yeah. We had donuts, coffee. Yeah. I but, mean, we, but we had a Bible study. Yeah. And then then we introduced the idea, let's have an out with what we called an outreach. Yeah. An outreach is where we would go to the local banquet hall. We would rent it out. We would bring in a speaker from out of town, and he would come, and we would we were getting 100, 150 men to come to these luncheons and hear another businessman give his testimony. Yeah. Secondarily, it was about business. Yes. Yeah, second- but, but what made it intriguing to those guys is these were big, wealthy businessmen that they knew of. They knew their businesses. They knew the businessmen. They just didn't know that they were Christians, and that lit the local business market on fire for Christ. It did. It did. That's, I mean, that's incredible. And now, now, this was a very highly organized organization. After that luncheon, this, or at that luncheon, the businessman would make an, uh, uh, would pray a prayer to accept Christ as your Savior. Yeah. And then when he was done, he would say, well, then he would, he would walk off the stage, and then an MC would come up and say, underneath your plate is a card. So everybody picks up their plate, and sure enough, there's a card there. And he says, we want you to fill that out. Put your name and address yeah. in there, yeah, get you your the business. Yeah. And then on the bottom were, was a couple squares. I forget what they all were, but one of them was, I prayed to accept Jesus today. Thanks for coming, guys. See you later. Yeah. We would pick up them cards immediately, sort them out, all those that have been checked, would then get a visit at their place of business within an hour. Now you're just a member, right? Are you? I'm just you, a member. Uh, you just kind of like, but I'm a grunt. But something happened in you. Fifteen years into it, ten years into it, and you said, 
I'm going to sell everything and go work full time, cold calling for Jesus. Well, it wasn't that easy. <laughs> Nothing ever I figured is. it wasn't with you. Right? Uh, there was a fellow by the name of Charlie Williams out of St. Louis, Missouri, who was a district manager for Christian Businessmen's Committee USA Chattanooga. He walks in the store one day and he says, You got time for coffee? I says, Yeah, come on back. He says, uh, What do you think about coming on staff with me? I laughed at him. I said, You kidding? I mean, I got a business here that's flourishing, man. I'm having a ball. I mean, I, 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 there's nothing I don't want. There's nothing more I want in my life. But he kept pestering me. And finally, one day, he walks in the store and he hands me a Manila envelope, about a quarter of an inch thick. And I says, "What's this?" He says, "It's an application." <laughs> I says, "I didn't tell you I was interested." He says, "No, I know you're not." But I, he says. Just take a look at it and see what it is. So he's a salesman. <laughs> he's good. He was good. Very good. Just so, fill the paperwork. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I took it home and I threw it on top of the refrigerator. And I've told the story many times. It laid up there for weeks. One night I didn't have nothing to do. I pulled that envelope off the top of the refrigerator. And I start filling it out. And it asked me everything that I knew or believed about Jesus Christ. I mean, it was... Uh, paragraph answers, not yes, no, no multiple sentences. choice. Paragraph answers. So I, I worked on that for about three nights. On the back of it, which I didn't even realize was there, was a part for my wife. <laughs> so, and that says, what are you doing that for? I says, I don't know. It's sort of interesting. I've never had to articulate yeah, what yeah. I believe. Yeah. I've never had to do this. So I gave her the section. I said, this part's for your for, for the wife. She says, I don't want to fill it out. I says, well, I filled out mine. It was interesting. You'd be surprised what you learned about yourself. So she did. She gave it back to me. And she says, what are you going to do with it? I says, I'm going to mail it in. Charlie will be off of my back. Yeah, I'll be done. I have no college education. Yeah. I have no formal education. Nope. <laughs> There's no way in the world, because everybody that I knew in the hierarchy of CBMC were educated guys. So I says, I'll, I'll just send it in and be the last we ever hear from him. It wasn't a week or 10 days later, I get a phone call from Chattanooga. Would you guys come down for an interview? And you said no. I says, wait a minute, what for what? Well, we're interested in you being a staff person. I said, that don't even make sense. They said, yeah, it does. You got all the right answers. So... And then I decided, I said, well, I'll tell you what, after an interview, that'll be the end of it. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. We'll I don't have any college. Are, right? I, I don't have the education. So we went down there. We spent a day and a half or two days down there. I forget what it was. And we inter we interviewed everybody at the, at the top level from the president on down. And we leave. And on the way home, and that says to me, what do you think? I says, we'll never hear from him. Right. We weren't home 24 hours, and I get a phone call and said, we're offering you a position as, as a director of the city of Chicago. They gave you the city, where well, they offered you the city of Chicago? Yes. To evangelize business. To be the CBMC Jesus. representative. Holy crap. What'd you now, say? there was a guy on staff already. He was overwhelmed. And uh, it's so... A, it's a big job. It's a big job. It's, I mean, there, there's more men than... I mean, I, I don't know nothing. I know nothing about this. 
So now it meant we had to sell the business. Did you say yes? Yeah. You did? At that point, well, I said to Annette, you know, this is God. Oh, boy. <laughs> Isn't part of your story that when they called, you said no? But when you opened your mouth, the word yes came out. <laughs> was that pretty much? That was you. I mean, you were, you were so opposed to this. Yes, I I couldn't imagine leaving my business to go was, do this. This just be, didn't make sense to me. Because again, let's 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 remind you who you are, right? <laughs> I mean, you are an uneducated, poor, crippled, right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I wasn't poor anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I had you a very thriving money. business. Yeah. Um, I not only took a paycheck, but I put money in the bank. Yeah. So, I mean, God blessed that business phenomenally. And so when this opportunity came, never dreamt that it would be in reality. Uh, we eventually made the step, and I had to find somebody to take over my business, which I did, which was an absolute failure. And uh, we left the business, uh -huh. and I left everything I owned in that place. You, so you turned your back on all you had known up to that point. That's right. And you went into full-time ministry right? as the director of all of Chicagoland. Second director. Second was... director to evangelize business owners for Christ. Yes, right. And I loved it. From day one, I loved so, it. So this is destiny? Oh, man. You know, if God's got his finger, <laughs> if he's pointing at you, 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 I don't know how you say no. So if God's going there, you go. Yep. Uh, you don't close the store. You sell the store. Well, I sell the store, and then they drop a bomb on me. We don't pay you. <laughs> you figured you would have talked about I thought your payment package in advance. There would be a check in the mail every month. Yeah. No, you have to go raise your own support. So you so you become a non-for-profit? Well, I, I'm, I'm now an employee of them. Uh-huh. Now I have to go sell what I'm going to do. The people that I know, and say I'm 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 selling my business, and I'm going to go full time ministry, but I have to raise my own support. Now that's not an easy sell. Most of the businessmen that I knew looked at me cross eyed. Yeah. There were some hard days. You know, it was amazing to me how many guys said yes. Amazing. Uh, because they believed in you, they believed in God, they believed... I think some of them said, this won't be but a couple of months, I'll write them a couple of checks and it'll be over with. Uh, but it didn't, that wasn't the case. Uh, I raised my support, whatever that number was, I forget what it was. I had to raise that support, which was my, my salary, maintain an office, and my travel was every day on the road to Chicago or in the surrounding excuse me, area... So my expenses and my, my health insurance, everything that I needed to operate, family and business, I had to raise that money. CBMC didn't give me a dime. I think you, I, I would like you to come work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I raised it. <clears throat> and that meant every month I had to send a thank you note. You met a lot of guys. I met a lot of men. You met a lot of really powerful, wealthy self-made, blue-blood, millionaire businessmen? Some of them were already involved in CBMC. Yeah. 
I got their names, you know, because now they were on. So I went, you know, I'm the new guy that's coming on staff. And some of these guys believed in CBMC intently. Some came to the Lord through CBMC. So I raised my, st- I raised my salary pretty quick. Yeah. It didn't take me long that I had enough in the bank to say, and I had commitments. They were they were committing X amount of dollars per Mon- month. Monthly, right. And that's when I got rid of the store. And the program really is, uh, for a man, um, a business owner, a weekly, uh, I'm sorry, a monthly meeting. No, those were, we had, we had weekly Bible studies. Uh, and monthly meetings in a, in a forum group. Yeah, that came later. The forum, I was part, when I was on staff with CBMC, the idea of not just a men's um, a ministry to men, but there was a very unique group of people out there that was not being touched very well, and that was the business owner. Yeah. Because we had, we had policemen and firemen coming to our Bible studies in the morning and that kind of thing, uh, workers, employees. But business owners was a different breed of cat. So... Myself and I think three other men from CBMC were asked to form a ministry to business owners. And that's where the forms came into existence. I was part of the development of the forms for CBMC International or National. Through through the years, you have touched and impacted the lives of so many businesses. The the owners of the business. You have been the tool that God used to radically change their life, which in turn radically changed their marriage and their children, which in turn also radically changed their company, which in turn radically changed the lives of all of their employees. Yeah, I got to tell you, I had had employees say to me, what are you doing to my boss? (laughs) Because they were changing. You hit that ministry hard for 20 years. Yeah, long time. Before you said, it's gotten too big. I I feel like I want to diversify my abilities and kind of go alone a little bit. The forms became a very focal point for me. I saw the impact it was making. I, we weren't just impacting the businessman. We were impacting his his employees, yeah. his suppliers. I mean, it, that thing started to have fingers. Yeah. And when, when I realized that, um, and then it, in the meantime, we went through two different presidents at, at the top of CVMC. I really respected uh, the one that I got involved with. So there's some turnover, and there turnover, was some turnover is not always easy. And I felt I no longer could be in step with what was there. Yeah, with the new direction. New, with the new direction. And, and with the direction you felt God was taking you into, which is to focus more on the business men. Right. Business and I leader. helped CBMC develop the form concept. So you started your own ministry. Yes. Uh, called LLF, or Legacy Leadership, Leadership Forum. Forums. It was focused on the forum side of that ministry. Right. You know a little bit about my story. My, you know, I certainly know my parents. Yes. I certainly know my sisters. I certainly know my grandparents. And you certainly knew me. Uh, but then all of a sudden, one day, it was probably 2002, 2003, 
I come knocking on your office door and I said, hey, Mr. B, you remember Clayton? <laughs> Here's an interesting thing. I got a day job that's kind of starting to take off and turn into a nice little business and I know nothing about nothing. So I thought maybe I could talk with you a little bit about how to do this the right way. And you have mentored me as uh, a man of Christ, as a salesman, as a businessman, as a father. As a matter of fact, I this would be the first time anybody ever hears this, but I attribute you to my becoming sober. It was one of our, our lunches, and I had been in business sales for a couple of years, and uh, you were just asking me the questions, right, what do you do? And I said uh, something about drink, and you said, you know, Clayton, you'll never be able to do anything in your life. Until so you give up the booze. And that was the seed that got planted that, that eventually led me to say, okay, I'm ready. I know you can't figure out how many, but your life as a Sunday school teacher, as an elder, as a businessman, as a, as a man in business ministry, how many lives has God led you to affect? I haven't a clue. Do you, do you care? Not really. <laughs> I mean, it never enters my mind how many. Uh, I was very blunt and straightforward with salespeople that called on me when I was in business. I remember during that period of time, women started becoming salespeople for yeah. bigger companies. Yeah, the world changed, right? The world was changing. And uh, I'm not so sure how I should say this, but uh, the thing that bothered me with them is they came in with very short skirts. Uh, they played the female side of that. And finally, I started saying to them, look, you call on me, you dress appropriately, or don't bother to call on me. So they started wearing... More modest clothing. And from that point on, and later on, I had a number of them women thank me for pointing that out. CBMC was a huge success. Now, and I don't want to talk about success in terms of monetarily. No. It it made a huge impact in Chicago because you said yes when you thought you were saying no. Legacy Leadership Forum came out of that, and that is and has been a huge success. And it became a national organization. Is that correct? Yeah, today, I mean, you, you uh, guys are really Legacy is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, with a quite, with a number of groups. We got we got a staff guy up there. So you so you and your daughter uh, Carla ran CBMC and Legacy Leadership for for years and years and years, organizing all that. I would say she still does. She millions, still millions millions of lives of, uh, in, impacted by because you said yes. Uh, certainly um, mine. Um, but but you brought on another one of my good friends, Kurt. You brought Kurt on, uh, Kurt Coster. and you you trained him, and you gave it to him, and and you have just been able to see God do amazing things. He's done a great job in the work that Kurt has done. Yes, he he, he picked up he picked up where I left off, and he's yeah. he's kept right on going. Yeah, that's amazing, and that's that's what you wanted, right? And that. Is legacy, isn't it? <laughs> That's what a legacy is, yeah. exactly. Okay, look, there's a couple of things that I need to finish up with you. We're going to do that in episode four of Talking with Carl. Guys, I hate to do it. It's not going to be that long, I promise you. 
But uh, thanks for checking us out. This is Talking with Carl number three. We'll be right back with number four. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works talking about our podcast. Listen, if you like any of this stuff that you saw or you heard, I'm going to give you a couple places where you might find it besides coming in live to the Farmhouse Studios. There's a couple platforms you can find these on. Um, So you can check out Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So for the cheap seats in the back there, let me say this one more time. You can go to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find it under 316 Podcasts.